this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host ji sampath for the first time in the 48 year history of one day international world cups the west indies will be missing from the tournament the champions of the first two editions in 1975 and 1979 and the 1983 runner ups they have failed to qualify for the 13th edition of the world cup which is set to take place in india later this year in the world cup qualifiers they lost to scotland in the super 6 stage of the tournament which basically put them out of uh, reckoning for the world cup while the west indies cricketing decline has been evident for some time this failure to make it to the world cup seems to have taken many by surprise and after all this is a tournament they once dominated and therefore many people imagine or they believe if this marks a new low so what is responsible for this decline is it due to mismanagement of the sport or is it that the country which produced so many cricketing greats you know uh, has it stopped producing good talent is there any chance of this downward spiral of the windies cricketing fortunes getting reversed we explore all these questions in this episode of in focus and we have with us amol karhatkar from the hindu sports bureau amol thank you so much for joining us anytime anytime sampath looking forward to it again so to start with i mean we know that the windies cricket uh, has been on a downward uh, trend for some time but still many people were taken by surprise you know they have we have never imagined a world cup one day world cup without the west indies playing in it so can you exactly i mean can you explain what exactly happened in the qualifiers is it that uh, scotland and teams like scotland have improved a lot or is it that west indies team is really become that weak and also can you just explain what is this group stage super stage business with the points going on that ended up with the west indies not playing this year's world cup okay uh, so sampar to begin with uh, since we live in an age wherein uh, it is often said uh, that we are actually trying to decipher the history of the world uh, going back 10000 years but we are least worried about anything that is fed to us beyond 72 hours so, uh, so considering we live in that sort of an era i am not surprised that a lot of uh, even uh, cricket fans are surprised with west indies not qualifying not too many will remember they almost did not qualify even for the 2019 edition okay so i am personally not really surprised that they failed to clear the hurdle this time around in 2019 also they they were up against scotland in a must win match okay it the winner goes through sort of a scenario it was and in a rain affected match after a lot of controversy over absence of drs west indies finally sneaked through to the world cup in 2019 in 2022 t20 world cup yes they were in the 16 but they failed to make it to the main draw they were not in super 12 in 2022 t20 world cup which was considered to be their forte uh, for for the preceding decade or so okay and now we have come to the uh, odi stage again wherein they have just been uh, shown the door to be honest okay by uh, a majority of associate nations okay so i am personally not surprised coming over to the format it's not as convoluted or as complicated as it sounds when you suddenly see 
West Indies were knocked out because they lost to Scotland and they had two more matches remaining. They won the next match against Oman and are still out qualified. No, it's not as simple as that. But if you are following, it has been implemented uh, in previous qualifiers. Even in uh, one or two World Cup main editions also, it was implemented. 99 and uh, I think 2000 was. 99 for sure. Okay. So, it's like basically uh, ten, of the 10 teams that were actually competing for qualifiers, two were going to go through because the top eight teams according to world rankings at the cutoff date had already been uh, given direct entry for the 10 team ODI World Cup with State India. So, coming back to these 10 teams, they are divided in two groups of five teams each. So, every team plays four other teams in the group and then on is the Super 6 stage. So, the top three teams from both the groups qualify and they play the three teams from the other group that they haven't faced. That's precisely why it's logical and sensible for every uh, team to carry forward the points against teams they have already played. So that without playing the teams all over again, you have a super six stage, which is actually a stage which is a sort of a league stage, right? So you calculate points of all your uh, matches against all the five oppositions in the super six stage. And that's where, since in the first round, West Indies in their group, after beating USA and Nepal convincingly, uh, they lost to Zimbabwe, they lost to Netherlands through a super over. That's why, cut to super six stage, they were forced to be in a position to start the super six stage with zero points. So, for them to have any chance of making it to the uh, World Cup, they had to win all its matches. And the moment they lost the first match against Scotland, what happened thereafter uh, was redundant. The doors for 2023 World Cup were shut on the Right. This is uh, really a very sad story to digest. So, historically, when do you think uh, the West Indies' decline started? I mean, I think as long as Brian, Lara and the likes of Chandapal, they were all playing, I think they were still doing okay. So, is there any particular year or tournament that you would like to pinpoint as, say, a before and after kind of a scenario, after which it has been a steady downhill journey for West Indian cricket? Yeah, that's that's a good one. Possibly a couple of uh, incidents or a couple of phases, I would say. Not incidents. Uh, somewhere in the mid-90s, they started losing the plot. Once Australia became a force to reckon with, okay, uh, England started suddenly playing... Uh, it consistently inconsistent. India's standard improved. Pakistan were typical Pakistan. Once there were a, a group of competitive teams, West Indies domination from the late 70s till early 90s started coming to an end. That was the first phase. And the second phase, obviously, you would know that uh, with the T20 evolution, the whole focus of the Caribbean region, see, it's a weird region anyway. They play international cricket, but they don't really represent their own country. That's the sort of a fix that all West Indies cricketers are. So, uh, it's not a simple case of choosing a club over country for West Indies cricketers. Because they are anyway not representing their country. Whether, they, whether some of them should represent their countries rather than Caribbean region is a debate that's been raging in the West Indies for over a decade now. We'll come to that later. 
the fact of the matter is this t20 revolution forced the cream of west indian cricketers to ply their trade elsewhere as professional and because the administrators and the players were not on the same page that resulted in uh, most of the top west indies cricketers in the limited overs format not representing west indies in international and considering the whole focus of the region has shifted towards being pro first because of basketball now because of t20 cricket then the younger crop that is coming through to international cricket doesn't seem to be as talented as their predecessor that's the way i see it right so you made this interesting point about how west indian cricketers don't really represent their country uh so they represent this region which goes by the name of west indies or whatever so do you think this decline uh would not be so bad or maybe it can be reversed if if they sort of rejig the whole thing and and they start representing their countries like jamaica or trinidad or whatever rather than have this west indies kind of a, a framework which they don't really i don't know how do you feel patriotic do i mean is there any patriotic nationalistic feelings evoked by this rubric of west indies that they would want to sacrifice some of their a club burnings or whatever and make that shift yeah it's very difficult for them to do it actually because as a, as you would have noticed most of the west indies cricketers don't sing the caribbean caricom anthem that is played before a major match because they don't know they know their own national anthem by heart not the they caribbean don't know the anthem game. which is played before or after their games yeah exactly and you can't blame them so for them to actually gel as a group and play for each other is a challenge in itself there was an era when uh, uh, actually clive lloyd vivian richards and the likes uh, were successful in making it black versus white that actually kick started the whole domination right now that seems to be uh, something uh, of a bygone era right so for them to have that common bond to play for each other is the real challenge and uh, it's the caricom region's decision to not go solo because they feel then some of only the two or three major islands will have cricketers and the other uh, cricket in other uh, islands actually will die down okay that's an internal issue that they are dealing with for now it's decided that west indies will play as a combined regional team in international cricket to con- as in coming to that part now the cricketers who are coming through if they are managed properly if they are given adequate opportunities facilities and training both skills wise and mental aspects then possibly over a period of time the fruits will be reaped but the fact that in 2019 they almost did not qualify that qualifying tournament actually happened in 2018 so for 5 years if they could not actually uh, restrict the slide it shows a lack of apathy in every section of west indies cricket we can't really single out administrators or players if no one is bothered then we are witnessing what is actually happening right i mean see uh, i don't know you spoke about you know proper management of uh, sporting talent and administrators doing their job uh, i mean uh, one keeps reading about this conflict situations between their best players i mean you keep reading about you know, chris gale and players like you know darren sam I mean, they all have their run ins with their administrators what, what is the issue exactly like what, what is wrong 
in terms of the relationship between the cricket board, West Indies board and the players? Why do all their star players seem to have an issue uh, with administrators? Yeah, so over the last decade, okay, I don't really blame the administrators also. There has to be a sensible uh, approach from both the sides, which hasn't really happened. The administrator was clear. Okay, the administration sometime in 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, okay, they were clear that it's okay, you are playing over this league, but if you want to represent West Indies in international cricket, you should play the regional limited overs tournament for ODI selection and regional forward. Based on IPL performance, based on Big Bash performance, we can't really select you for West Indies ODI team because then the players who are performing in the domestic cricket, uh, they feel hard done by. That is where I am saying there had to be a balance. You could have told what happened eventually when they launched Caribbean Premier League. All the stars started playing the Caribbean Premier League. But since they were not available for other formats, for domestic cricket, they did not play uh, international cricket in other formats. That's, that was, uh, and from the players' perspective, that was the loss of the West Indies team rather than their own team. Their own self. Okay, this is something that is at the heart of the matter for a better part of the last decade. That is why we saw in 2014 when West Indies uh, were in India on the limited overs tour, it had to be abandoned midway through because the players declined to play because of their payments being stalled by the board. So, once it started, even though they won the 2012 and 2016 T20 because the players were to, united. In, in actually their whole motto was to show to the administrator, this is what we can do, this is who we are and why we should matter to you. But that trickled down, that actually could not materialize. Even the players, players had to strike a balance. There was a point that you had to dedicate some amount of time to Caribbean cricket beyond your professional responsibilities or by sacrificing some of your professional responsibilities. No, but who who sacrifices uh, their professional earnings for uh, uh, for the Caribbean for the regional or country thing? Everybody then, everything then works on self interest. No, if they were paid enough, were they being paid enough by the board? No, the whole point is they declined central contract because they felt they were getting peanuts. So they said, okay, we'll not play international cricket. We'll play elsewhere and live our lives happily. That is where the whole point is. And considering the whole scenario, the the whole cricket economics that is tilted only in favor of the top three or four cricket playing nations. All other cricket playing nations and their boards are actually struggling to survive, struggling to make ends meet. That's why international cricket is on a downside and international cricket quality of the smaller teams is on an even bigger downside. Right, that's a very interesting larger trend you're pointing to. I was just wondering, you're saying all other uh, lesser, I don't know, weaker teams uh, among the leading nations, they are sort of on a downslide. I thought, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong, but I thought Pakistan was one of the worst administered uh, cricketing nations. Now, even they haven't slipped up as badly as West Indies. Yeah, because they are in a, they are in a slightly better shape. Uh, with regard to one finances because uh, most of its funding if not through sponsors and ICC revenues it comes uh, through government support also and the Pakistani cricketers are allowed to play overseas league that's not a problem okay 
so besides that you look at new zealand you look at west indies you look at south africa to a large extent one of the major streams of, we have discussed this in one of our earlier ipl episodes right their primary uh, revenue stream is uh, the 10% cut they get from their players ipl earning for issuing yeah. no objection certificate right? right 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 so beyond the point they can't force players new zealand cricket had to let go of trent bolt who declined to sign an annual contract hmm. right right but new zealand cricket are sensible enough that they will ensure that trent bolt uh, despite not having the central contract will play world cup that doesn't happen with west indies cricket that is where the problem lies it's like two years ago simran hetmeyer who is supposedly their best limited overs batter uh, or arguably along with nicholas puran simran hetmeyer on an international duty he missed a team flight which was a major offense right yeah if you are not even responsible to uh, catch the flight how can you be thrust with responsibility but i am sure after serving suspension there had to be a way out since then he hasn't played for west that is something all these issues they have to be sorted by both the parties and that doesn't happen and the younger crop is exposed against associate nation time and again right so coming to the actual uh, scenario with the world cup no as a spectator and as a fan of the sport like how do you view their absence from the world cup the first time you're not going to see them uh, you spoke earlier about the black versus white uh, thing as a unifying factor now that's also i think diluted so how do you view their absence right now for this year's world cup see forget about uh, the uh, black versus white or uh, the uh, slide in quality of west indies cricket what does west indies cricket bring to the world of cricket it's the typical caribbean charm right and that will be missing whether west indies win or not it's like did you did you notice that in 2019 they barely qualified and they hardly won a game during the 2019 world cup in the 2020 2020 world cup they hardly won a game in 2022 t20 world cup they did not feature in super 12 but since they were there that is what matters to the larger ecosystem of cricket right they are around to that whole party culture and their swag their their unorthodox style of cricket that is something that charms a typical cricket fan okay and that is what will be missing for two months in india and mind you west indies cricket has more followers in india than in any other region of the world including the caribbean right so that is what will be missing from fans perspective but you have to make those right i think uh, it, they also have a lot of fans in india because india's first victory in the world cup happened uh, in a world cup final came against the west indies so there is a rich cultural tradition rich history which they bring uh, to the subcontinent but unfortunately that's going to be missing uh this time uh one final question before and, we sorry. uh wrap up yeah sorry amon and even from the millennials perspective for the 15 years of ipl the biggest stars after indian cricketers in the indian premier league have been caribbean okay more than australians more than english players it is the caribbeans who have been dominating as stars in the ipl consistently and that's why the indian fans are still in awe of west indies cricket and cricketers 
Right, that's a very important point. Yes, we have seen a lot of uh, Caribbean West Indian players doing so well in uh, IPL. Uh, that they not going to be seen in action is is a big loss for the tournament for the fan. No doubt about it. Now, final question, Amol, before I let you go. Do you see any chances of a revival for West Indies cricket? I think it's in everybody's interest that it happens. Maybe it's not just about West Indies fans. It's also Indian fans and Australian cricket fans. and Because they, they all share a long and rich history, a healthy rivalry. So, what are the, say, three or four things that need to be in place for the West Indies to become a force once again in world cricket? Okay, first and foremost, uh, there has to be a long-term plan in place. The regional academy or whatever they call, okay, they you have to invest in a group of 20 players from under 19 batch for at least four years. Don't just let them uh, be exposed in international cricket, okay. The onus on grooming young cricketers is on the administrators. Then to handle them properly will be up to the cricket wing, right be it coaches, director of cricket or whosoever. So that the cricketers don't feel that they are stuck in that grooming phase for too long at the cost of getting enough opportunities at international cricket or in overseas leagues where they are always in demand. From players' perspective, uh, you have to actually have that drive to excel at the highest level. Mm-hmm. No one no one can actually impart that in an individual. It has to be uh, raging within. If that's missing, then whatever you do, it's not going to happen. Number four, for all that to happen, you need a spark. And fortunately for West Indies cricket, the spark is in offing later this month. India is already in the West Indies. After those two test matches, India is supposed to play three ODIs. Just imagine. Just imagine the mood in the Caribbean. Okay, West Indies, who did not fail, even make the cut for the 2023 ODI World Cup have defeated favourites India in a three-match ODI series. Just imagine the revival of interest in the whole region, in the whole community. That is what they'll require. If somehow they can manage to pull off a surprise against India, that can actually uh, kickstart the revival of West Indies cricket in some way. Then on how they handle it in the longer run, is up to them. You and I can keep talking, but there has to be a, a concerted effort from administrators, from coaching staff, from former players to the current players. All these things come true, then possibly, if not by 2027 World Cup, at least by 2031 World Cup, we can hope that West Indies will actually be a force to reckon with all over again. Right. That's an interesting point, Amul. I think that spark you refer to. I uh, I mean, uh, I'm sure there will be lots of Indian fans too who would be rooting for West Indies to sort of do well, be competitive at the very least, if not uh, put one or two matches across India so that that there is a revival of interest and there is some more seriousness in terms of administering and managing the talent that they have with consistency and grooming them towards a competitive team in the years to come. Thank you so much for your time for joining us. Pleasure talking to you, Amor. Always a pleasure, Sampath. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. 
Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.